So it tells us that he got off his horse, he removed the garments, the royal garments, and it's, he's described as by, by Yosha of Mordechai el Shar HaMelech. Mordechai returned to the king's gate, where he was, uh, where he stationed himself. And the Gemara Megillah says, what did he do that for? What was he doing at the king's gate? Says the Gemara by Yosha of Mordechai el Shar HaMelech, Omer of Shesha Mordechai returned to the king's gate where he, up till now, he'd been sitting uh, fasting and mourning with sackcloth and ashes. And he continued to do so over the troubles of the Jewish people. Because Mordechai reckoned, uh, realized, he now knew that although there was now light at the end of the tunnel, the job wasn't done yet. God had shown him a sign. He'd shown him a Mish'an. He'd given, he'd given him something, a Mish'an is something to hang on to. He'd shown him a sign that he could hang on to that told him he's going in the right direction. The Jews are going in the right direction. The Teshuva is working. Keep pushing. Similarly, says the God, by the first nine plagues, there was a sign. The first nine plagues were a Mish'an, a sign, something to hang on to. A sign to the Israelites in Egypt that the omens were good, that times were getting near, and that just another push from them, appealing to God, would get them redeemed from Egypt. Significantly, the Gorn adds that as we draw near to the time of, of Mashiach, these hints that the redemption is just around the corner, uh, and that God has recognized our efforts to reestablish our bond with him, will be even more pronounced than they were at any other time in history. So Mordechai had a subliminal message. He was taken around Shushan on the king's horse. Uh, God's subliminal message to him that he's on the right track. The Jews were in Egypt. The first nine plagues were assigned to them by Nitzak el Hashem el We cried out to God, keep crying. It's working. These first nine plagues are a sign that you're crying out to me is working. Keep doing that and you'll be redeemed. Says the Gorn at the time of the Mashiach, these subliminal messages, these subliminal links, these Mishanim, these things that we can, these signs that we can hang on to, will become even more pronounced at the time of the Mashiach, leading to the time of the redemption. Um, and he says, if we do our best to show that we have the token in God, and that he is the Miftah Latzadikim. We've got complete trust in God. God will show us Mishanim. God will show us plenty of signs of impending redemption. Now, the Vilna Gorn didn't live in the 20th century, but uh, I don't think it's too much of a, um, a too much of a uh, extrapolation or deep theory. Uh, that the miraculous establishment of the state of Israel after 2,000 years and all the miraculous events that have followed that, the 48 war, the 56 war, the 67 war, the ingathering of the exiles, these are mishanim. These are things that we can hold on to. Uh, the, the trust we show in God, God reciprocates the miftach that we show in God, the bitachon we show in God, God reciprocates with Mishanim. 
with a Mishan, something we can hold on to. Look at, look at 67. No one in the annals of history can point to a war that was so obviously miraculous, a sign from God. Mordechai being carried on a royal horse, plagues striking Egypt for no apparent reason. The Jewish people surrounded by an existential threat, outnumbered 50 to 1, win a war in six days. It's a sign. It's a sign, it's an indication that we're on the right track, that the redemption, the messianic era is in reach. What we have to do is push harder, push harder in our attempts to connect to God. God's giving us the, the office. God's giving us holding out the olive branch. Grab onto it. Here's the sign. On the, although we are, as ever, in the state of Israel, beset with problems, we got a, a state that's secular by nature. Uh, at the moment, certainly, there's a lack of <clears throat> unity in the country. Uh, we've got existential enemies that surround us, that are desperate to kill us. Uh, we've still got a lot of, lot of good things going for us. There's never been in the history of the Jewish people, in the history of the Jewish people, not even in First Temple period times, as much learning of Torah going on now as there uh, going on in history as there is now. There isn't as much davening. There isn't as much fervor in davening. The huge amount of chesed that is done in this country compared to the rest of the world, uh, and this country, um, the chesed that this country provides internationally, wherever there's an international event of consequence, a tragedy, for example, the first country to mobilize after the earthquake in Morocco this week were the Jews, were the, were the Israelis. When there was an earthquake in Turkey, the first people to respond were the Jews. When there was an earthquake in Haiti, the first people to respond were the Jews. When there was apartheid in South Africa, the only white, or the majority of the white people that protested were the Jews. The, peop the, the white people in America during the uh, times of Martin Luther King that held hands with the black community and with Martin Luther King were the Jews. Uh, add to that the huge Baltashuva movement of the last 50 years. These factors are all building slowly. Slowly building into a crescendo. And just one more push, uh, as the Gorn says, will be there. Just like it was at the time of Purim just like it was at the time of the exodus from Egypt, we just got to keep pushing. He says the last thing we need to do, to do now is to do what the Jews of Yerushalayim did. Sorry, the last thing we need to do now is to do what the Jews of Yerushalayim did and became complacent and say, yes, uh, we've got our land back. Yes, we've got a great army. Yes, we live in great economic times. Yes, we live in a good, right, moral way. No, we're never going to be thrown out of this land again. We're too powerful economically, militarily. That's the last thing we need to do, to adopt the complacency of these Jews that Yechezkel is speaking to. It's never going to happen. No, nothing bad can happen. Not only will something bad happen, the thing, the good thing that was going to happen won't happen. That was the complacency that Yechezkel exposed amongst the Jews of Yehuda and Yerushalayim with tragic results. We need to push on from the miracles that God has shown us over the last 75 years 
and push ourselves over the line. You know, in American um, um, uh, uh, American football terms, we're for, it, what, what's the expression, Larry Lowenthal? We're on first and goal. We're on first and goal, right? We're one, one yard from the goal line. And uh, we got four downs, and uh, we don't get. You don't give up. You don't. You don't go. You don't go. Go for a field goal when you're you first and goal. Correct, Larry? Is that right? I, I might got the American football analogy correct. First correct. and goal, you're all right. For fourth and goal, you're going for the field goal. <laughs> yeah, but you're, we're first and goal. Here we are. First. <clears throat> The next year should be enough to keep pushing. If we push and push and push, eventually what happened at the time of Purim, when tremendous resolution to that problem, what happened in Mitzrayim, a tremendous resolution to that problem, both expressions of redemption will happen to us as well. And uh, but the biggest danger, as Yechezkel pointed out here, is the danger of complacency. As long as we don't have that complacency, we can push ourselves over the line, score a touchdown, score a goal, hit a six out of the ground, whatever sporting metaphor you want to use. It's within touching distance. The redemption, the messianic era, is within touching distance. All we have to do is avoid the complacency that we'd learned from history. That's the message from history. That's the message from chapter 12 of Yechezkel. That if we allow complacency to slip in, then we can kill the whole game. And if we don't allow complacency to slip in, we can win the game. We can end the project. And uh, that should be Bimheri Biyamenu. So that is the pre-Rosh Hashanah, Yom Kippur, so, so to speak, epilogue to chapter 15, uh, to Chisot, chapter 15, to chapter 12. I hope everybody... Um, I disappeared, yes, Cherno, I disappeared for a few minutes. Um, yeah, everyone had to sign in again, unfortunately. Uh, what can I do? I'm a, I'm a technophobe. It was probably me. Um but that, that is my message. That is my take-away take, take from chapter from the last part of chapter 12. In Mitzvah Hashem next week, next Monday, which is the day after Rosh Hashanah, and during the Aserah Yimei we'll begin chapter 13. Chapter 13 deals with false prophets. What are false prophets? What do they do? What do they say? Uh, do we have them today? Uh, Etc. Everything you want to know about false prophets, but we're afraid to ask. That's what we'll be discussing in the next chapter. I hope you enjoyed the year today. Sorry for the crazy break in transmission. Um, um, but uh, I hope you enjoyed the year. I uh, wish you a Gemach Sima Tova, a Shana Tova. Everyone should have a Gebench Dior, a, a happy year. It should be a year of no complacency. It should be a year of... Uh, happiness, most importantly, health, happiness, uh, and to all of you, I wish you a very meaningful, I don't know what that word means actually, but that's what they say, that's the typical thing they say, it should be meaningful, you have a meaningful 
Rosh Hashanah. I don't know what that means. Um, so have a meaningful, whatever it means to you, have a meaningful Rosh Hashanah. I'll see you, please God, same time, same place, in health and happiness. Uh, Call to uh, next week, the day after Rosh Hashanah. Thanks for listening. Can I, can I give everybody my husband's name, please? Pardon? I'd like to give out my husband's name to Davin for, if that's okay. Yes, of course it is. I've been meaning to. Uh, he is Yehuda, Bas, Yehuda Ben Fegabela. Yehuda Ben? Fegabela. Fegabela. What's, what's if, I, if, I, if you don't mind me asking, what's... Um... He has a blood cancer that he's been suffering from for the last three or four years. And um, it just doesn't get any better. Uh, uh, Larry, will you will you send that name out on the um, on the Yecheskel, um on the Yecheskel, uh, WhatsApp list so we everyone okay. can people forget the name so we can dab over Rosh Hashanah. You know, Thank you. Kol Tov to everybody. I hope you enjoyed the Shia. Kol Tov. Have a great week. Thank you. Wonderful. Sure. How do you see in the morning, Rob? It's Hashem. It's Hashem. This is also a bye-bye.